Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. As usual, let's just take a moment and relax, remind ourselves that God is right there. God, everything he is, already has everything you are. You're one with him in your spirit, and he is in control of every circumstance in your life. We're, in, we're all in process in our soul and to a lesser extent in our body, but not our spirit. You are complete in him, in your spirit. There's no becoming more spiritually mature. There's no trying to find your spiritual purpose. You're already one with God. In your spirit, you have joined with him in his purpose, in you, which is that you would be one, spirit, soul, and body, in him. As your soul and body becomes one with your spirit, you automatically become one with God. The process that's going on then is for, again, the restoration of your soul to its original relationship with your spirit. Your soul is meant to be one with your spirit. This is not something new. This is not something that your soul doesn't understand. Your soul wants to be reunited with your spirit. Yet at the same time, your soul resists being reunited with your spirit. Because your soul has gotten used to doing things its own way. There's a lot of things we don't understand about God's intentions, his purposes, his how he does things. And it's best if we just accept that, that his ways are not our ways. We we don't want to draw conclusions about God, about ourselves, about our, our, the time we're here on this earth. We don't want to draw conclusions about things that we only have partial information about. And even when God reveals things, we want to be careful to understand that even if God reveals 100% of a topic, let's say, we are not able to receive 100% of truth because we are not yet 100% spirit. We are not 100% spirit, soul, and body, one in him. So even if God reveals 100% truth about a particular topic, we cannot accept, receive, understand, grasp what that truth is. 
we're because we're still in progress. We're on our way, and he is drawing us in the direction he wants us to go. His ways are are not our ways, but we can recognize them. We recognize them internally far more than we do externally. That's part of our issue is we, we have a tendency to even want to rely on things that we're, we're taught. And, our, and again, our soul is made of mind, will, and emotions, what we believe, what we do, the decisions we make, the things we prefer, our, our actions, and how we feel. And God gave you the soul he wanted you to have. The problem is is that when he gave you that soul, it was separate from spirit. It wasn't until your spirit was re-spirited, re, you know, what, what's born again, you, you were re-spirited. You had the same soul, but a new spirit. Your, your, your spirit, and again, I don't, you know, we, we don't know whether the spirit that who you truly are was somewhere else in, in God and it was put back in or exactly we don't know what exactly spirit is and where it was. Like when you came into this earth, you were dead in your spirit and now you're alive in your spirit. Where was your spirit? It's a whole other, you know, we'll, Hopefully someday we'll we'll get more enlightenment on that. But for right now, we just keep the simplicity to what we do understand. But we understand that now that we are alive in our spirit, that which is born of spirit is spirit. We are born of God. And so in our spirit, we're a new living spirit, but one with God. There's no growth. There's no spiritual growth. You either are born again, you either are living in your spirit, or you're dead in your spirit. That's not the case in our soul. When we came to be here on this earth, we were dead in our spirit, but we had a soul in our body. And our soul in our body has been struggling along the best they could here on this earth. But our soul made its own little creation and set up itself up as on the throne as ruling its kingdom and when you're doing that when you're setting up your own kingdom you get to set the rules you get to decide what's reality what's truth what is acceptable what's pleasing to god even and what god is now doing for each one of us on an individual basis, is revealing to us what is truth, what is life. He said, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. We're learning what that means. We're in process by experience, not just by understanding with our mind or getting good feelings based on our emotions or the practicality of all of this works. For instance, the, one of the examples is, is 
tithing. People think that, okay, since it works, since giving 10% to church works, we get a, some kind of a benefit from it. We can look for anything, any, any kind of a benefit we have and say, oh, that's because I tithe. We figure, okay, that works. But that's not the way God works because you don't have to be a believer to tithe. You don't have to be a Christian. You don't have to have any relationship to God for that giving to work because giving is part of the system that functions on this earth, that if you give, you release something into the world system that opens the door for you to receive. You don't have to be a Christian to tithe. You don't have to be a Christian to, if you give 10%, if you did give whatever, if you're in that giving mode, it does work. Just as it's sort of like if you're nice to others, they'll be nice to you. You don't have to be a Christian to be nice to others. If you smile at people, they'll smile back at you. You don't have to be a Christian to smile at people. It's the same principle. It's something, it's part of this earth, earth the system that's functioning right now. So if we start looking at what we believe and letting God reveal himself, and he'll take us to areas where he's already revealed something, and we all of a sudden, oh, oh, I never saw things that way. I didn't see things that way. And we change our mind. And then he, you know, he does the domino. He pick, he changes one thing and then the next thing and then the next thing. And all of a sudden, you know, a year later, we're believing something totally different than we did the year before. This is where we allow God to reveal himself in his own ways and in his own time. And we're learning about how the soul works. We're here on this earth. We, the, the spirit is working perfectly. Your spirit is working perfectly. So there's, we don't need to concentrate or pay attention to even how our spirit is working. God will reveal that to us, to, our, to, to your soul over time as he chooses. So we don't need to be concerned as to how we're doing, for instance, in our spirit. We're, we're finished. It's done. We're one with him. So our issue is our soul, and our body is going to follow along. Our body is the least problematic, and, and our, what we do with our body is the least problematic of, of the uh, issues we're dealing with while we're here on this earth. But our soul is another matter. And again, we've set up a kingdom that accommodates all the different aspects of our soul. And God is coming in through our spirit and letting those, letting the kingdom fall. And sometimes he lets us enjoy different aspects of our own kingdom for a real long time. And sometimes he puts his finger on things that we thought we were going to be able to 
keep for ourselves, either hide from God or he wouldn't care about things. And we let God pick and choose what he's working on, recognizing that not only is he putting his finger on things as he chooses, but he allowed those things to begin with. We don't hide things from God. We may think we do, but he knows everything about you. He knows every thought you have because he's the originator of it. He's the he's the creator. He's the author and the finisher. He's the creator of your thoughts, your your mind, your 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 thoughts, your emotions, and your actions. He's the instigator of every aspect of your soul. And he loves your soul. And he loves you and he loves every aspect of your soul. So this is not he's not waiting for you to fail. He's not waiting for you to make a mistake. He's not waiting. He doesn't compare you with anyone else. He is not about, he doesn't waste his time. What he's spending his time on in you is what's important to him. So one of the things we're learning to do is as we we accept more and more that we are a spirit being, that that's, that's who we truly are as spirit. We don't have to understand spirit to accept that that's who we truly are. We don't need to understand how spirit works in order to accept the nature of God. Now, God reveals, <clears throat> reveals spirit to us, to our soul. And in, even as we're, we're having this conversation, whether me speaking or you listening, most of that is soul to soul. Your spirit has all truth. My spirit has all truth. That's not the problem. It's not, I'm not trying to convince your spirit of anything. I am speaking to your soul. And what God is doing in me in, in teaching is one thing. What you're, li- what you're hearing is what God wants you to hear. He will very often turn things in midair. And you may hear things that I didn't say. And that's fine. That's, this is God's opportunity to do what he wants in any way he, choo- he chooses. You, who you truly are, your spirit has given him permission to do what he wants. And again, your spirit, who you truly are, embraces everything God is doing, sees that it is for your good. And part of what he's doing, just in general, and uh, you can spend some time in seeing how this applies, he is separating your reliance on your soul. We, We see ourselves in terms of the familiar. When you, you know, step back and think about who you are, what you are, what you do, your past, your present, your future, where you want to be in five years, ten years. 
the mistakes you made five years ago, ten years ago, things you wish you could change right now, all those things, those are all parts of your soul. They aren't part of your spirit. Those are all aspects of our of your soul. And because they are part of your soul, they don't have all truth. And we start to see the more we are becoming one with God, one with spirit, our soul becoming one with our spirit, the more we start to see things from a spiritual perspective. And we start seeing how much we've been over-relying on our emotions, over-relying on our beliefs, over-relying on our strengths, over-relying on our soul. And he, God is putting his finger on things that you've been relying on. Again, not he doesn't hold it against you. It's like you, you strike a match, it lights on fire. There's no surprises to him about your soul. He doesn't go, oh my gosh, I never saw that. How'd that happen? How'd that get in there? I can't believe she believes that. Can't believe he did that. Uh uh-uh. uh. He there's he's not surprised by anything. And again, he gave you the soul. He gave you the life he wanted you to have here on this earth. And and you agreed to it. Sometimes that may seem like I can't believe I'd agree to this. But we're all in process. We are all we all have a path that we're on. Part of that is accepting, even if without without understanding, but accepting that there is a difference between spirit and soul and that it is a profound difference. Now, one of the challenges we have, and this is one of the reasons we're working on learning about the soul and the soulical abilities that we have in our body, is because so much of Christianity doesn't distinguish between the spirit and the soul. And we have misinterpreted spirit and misunderstood soul. So we when and when that happens we misinterpret what God is doing in our lives. And so we the more we can accept that God's sovereignty and our spirits being one in him, that that's an absolute. God is absolutely sovereign, and we are absolutely one in him in our spirit. And we can start seeing our soul as something that we have, not something, it's not who we are. It's a gift that God gave us, just like he gave us, gave you your body. It's not who you are. 
It's not your true identity. It's not the the part that that has the, the the core eternal life. It's your spirit. Now, as our soul and body is subsumed into spirit, then we do have eternal life. But it's not because our soul is eternal or our body is eternal, but because our soul and our body are in our spirit and are in the kingdom. The kingdom is in our midst, and we are in the kingdom. We are living and moving and having our being in him. Our challenge is we we have melded in together the whole concept of spiritual experiences and solical or supernatural experiences and even natural experiences. We've gotten used to the the things that affect our bodies, our natural being, and yet we're often at a loss to understand or comprehend or even know how to be engaged in supernatural experiences and and let alone solical experiences. And so we have drawn conclusions about how to engage in the supernatural realm. That's very often where God wants to start in explaining. And just as a reminder, as a spirit being, you have absolute power and authority over the supernatural realm. If you're born again, if you are living, if you are alive in your spirit, you have right now all the power and authority you're ever going to get in your spirit over the supernatural and natural realms. Now, God being the wise God that he is, does not let us exercise that power and authority. Just as you don't put a a knife, a sharp knife in a little baby's hands, they're going to hurt themselves, they're going to hurt someone else. But that power and authority is still part of your spirit. It's part of your inheritance. It's part of who you are. So part of our goal and, and part of our learning about our new environment, our new reality, is learning how our soul functions. And separating that from the natural in one direction and the spiritual in the other. So even, you know, going forward, we've talked before about coming up with your own homework. Part of what was hopefully happening is you were starting to become more and more aware of how your soul is functioning, of the possibilities of what your soul is capable of. Let's just, you know, talk about miracles, about, you know, turning water into wine, about, you know, raising the dead and healing and words of wisdom and all the different things that are listed in all the different places in the scriptures. And Maybe you've experienced and heard of other things that aren't necessarily listed in the scriptures, which are just as valid. 
because the Bible does not ever say that, okay, if it's not in the Bible, that it doesn't count. In fact, it's the opposite. Jesus, you know, it's said that uh, there's not enough books that would be able to contain everything that Jesus did while he was here on this earth. It's n- the the Bible was never meant to be complete, and the and the be end be all and end all. Now it's some it's a commonality and it's a starting point, but it does not answer all our questions. It was never meant to. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, not the Bible. God Himself is our our path. He is He is our life, and we can know Him face-to-face, on an individual basis. He reveals himself. He is revealing himself to you even as we speak. And in your spirit, he doesn't need to reveal himself because your spirit already sees him completely, perfectly, and, and entirely as one. There's no separation between your spirit and God. Now, I don't know how that works, but we'll see over time, because God does reveal himself over time. But for right now, to see him in spirit, we have a a lot of, of acceptance of how the soul works. Now, that doesn't mean to say that God doesn't on a, you know, at some point in time, and to each one of us, reveal himself spiritually. This is, I think, part of the whole salvation experience to begin with. To be born again in your spirit, God reveals himself to you by his spirit and restores spirit into you. Now, it would be great if we just stayed there. And... We could pretend we were on a desert island and we had the salvation experience and God himself got to teach us this is the way walking in it. And sometimes I wonder if that wouldn't be so much more fruitful and enjoyable to just be taught by him directly without any preconceived beliefs. Now we all have preconceived beliefs. Some of us think that there is no God. Some of us think that the, 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 this is, you know, the God's wound up the earth, the world, the universe, and then has gone off to do something else while the clock runs down on the universe and he doesn't really care. There's, we have, there's a lot of different beliefs, a lot of different religions, a lot of different ideas. But for you and I, we want to be engaged in what he is doing for each one of us as an individual. Now, for some, he's going to put some of us in situations where we will affect others. Some, we will, nobody, it doesn't matter if nobody knows that you're a Christian. It's not about what other people think. It's about are you engaged in doing the homework, doing the project, engaged in the process that God himself wants you to be in 
involved in. He says, this is the way walking in it. Are you in your way? This way is not your this way is different than my this way. And this way for you today is different than this way for you tomorrow. He has a a purpose and a plan for your time here on this earth. And part of that is to enjoy being alive. We put so much pressure on ourselves about what it means to be a good Christian. And yet when we look at you know, the, the summary of the fruit of the Spirit. What is fruit? Grow, the, the, what's produced through growth and, um, you know, fertilization. In other words, when our soul comes in contact with Spirit, what is produced? Love, joy, peace, gentleness, kindness, goodness. Those things that we are to partake of first. We partake of it first. If it's not in the roots, if it's not in the vine, it won't be in the fruit. So you and I experience love and joy and peace and comfort and gentleness and mercy and all these things. We get to enjoy them first. But it's from the joining of spirit and soul. And God brings them together. And we don't even know how it's produced. We don't have to. It's not out of our own effort. But we let God reveal himself to us the way he wants to. So this week, as we think about, as you think about what abilities you want to be working on, what homework, what's, what are your interests, be thinking in terms of stepping back and observing don't get don't look for your interest in terms of your feelings. Oh, I really feel like I want to do this. You write it down, step back. Oh, this really looks interesting to me. I think this would be fun to do. Write it down, step back. Oh, it, this is something I want to try. I I understand how this works, so let me experiment with this. Write it down, step back. Any of those things, just write it down, then step back and see what God does. Because we, we, you are not your soul. Your soul is obedient to who you are as a spirit. And this is part of the process. We want to engage the soul, but we aren't going to be dependent on the soul. But by stepping back, you are stepping back into your spirit and allowing God the time to reveal what's going on in your soul. This is just a little, this is a little different kind of homework. Try this, try it for yourself and see what happens. And, and of course, write everything down. Feel free to drop me a line about any questions you've got or any experiences you have, any, any insights you get. So, um, you can drop me a line at diane at therainersclub.org or through Blog Talk Radio. We'll be getting back together again same time next week. Until then, thanks for tuning in. This has been Diane Thomas of Rainers Radio. Have a great night. <laughs>